You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell asks his radio audience, are you living your dreams in 2013? Let's join the conversation. Are you living your dreams in 2013? Now, so that you know, this is my mantra for the year, and it's also a good friend of mine's mantra. And every year for a long time, ever since college, we, we get together, we spent a lot of New Year's Eves together, and one of the things that we do is we dub the year with a tagline or a mantra of some sort. So I'll give you an example. And, you know, it was, we will win in 2010. And in 2011, it was taking blessings from heaven. And uh, 2012, improving myself in 2012. So there was always something associated with the year, you know, so that way we can get off to the right place where we, you know, mentally, where you want to be. It's something that I say every morning, you know, I get up, say, all right, man, living your dreams in 2013 and go to bed at night thinking the same thing. And, uh, you know, whenever whenever I have the opportunity, I, I try to reflect on you know, just what am I achieving? So going back to years like that, you know, I, I expressed last week that 2010 was a tough year. And it's, it's interesting because when you say we will win in 2010, you know, sometimes a win is pulled off in the fourth quarter. And I got to tell you, the first three quarters of that year were some tough quarters. But going into the third and to the fourth, um, the year turned out to be outstanding. And I learned quite a bit, not only about myself, but about life. And actually, that was the birth of the blog, Inspirational Perspective, from having that challenging year and some of the learnings that I had. But like I was saying, I, when I reflect, I, you know, I, I kind of go back and I'm, I'm thinking about, all right, what could I have done better? What could I, you know, maybe uh, achieve a different way? Or, you know, what's, what's the, you know, the term efficacy comes to mind. You know, what's, what's the easiest way to do things with the least amount of effort? And 10 years ago, I wrote a poem, and it was called The Coming of Age. And you know, I always think about that poem when I'm doing this reflection, because the, the poem is all about time. And the first stanza of the poem goes like this. Time is not our friend. It is our mortal enemy. Because it takes moments like this and transforms them into memories, memories we can barely see. And the reason my mind goes there is, I mean, that's really what setting goals or, you know, living the dream is about. It's about trying to transfix yourself in time in a way that you have stakes in the ground that when you go back, you see that you accomplished something. So March is here. And as a matter of fact, it's the second day of March. Tomorrow will be the third day, or for my India peeps, the fourth day. And in the words of Steve Miller, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. And for you young people out there, that's Fly Like an Eagle, it's an old school song. But, but seriously, I can't believe it's March. And I can't, it seems like just yesterday I was trying to figure out 
what I would do on New Year's Eve, calling friends, you know, talking to family, what, you know, what I'm going to do. And now two months and we're, it's March, two months into 2013. And it's, you know, just interesting how fast time moves. And what I want to get at tonight is some of us had brand new resolutions that we were excited about. You know, you get up in the morning, you go to the gym, and some of you probably remember and when you go to the gym on, you know, January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd, the gym is packed. Everybody's trying to get into shape. Everybody has a, a goal around getting into shape. For other, others of us, we had different goals. Some of us, you know, we want to go back to school or get a new job or call an old friend that we hadn't talked to in a while. But whatever it is, it seemed so achievable two months ago, you know, January 1. But does it still feel that way? And if not, why? One of the reasons, you know, we love New Year's is because it's a fresh blank page. And so that was the New Year. And maybe we haven't quite done as much as we would have liked to. I mean, I know for me, there's a few things I I wanted to get done. It's March already. I'm not in the same shape that, you know, I, I thought I would be in. I planned on doing CrossFit or P90X and time's just kind of gotten away from me. I still go in the gym and, you know, you get to a couple of miles in and hit the weights. But it's, you know, I really want to kind of turn the volume up on that a little bit this year. You know, what is it that you you haven't gotten done so far? And why do we find ourselves back in this space so often? At the beginning of the year, I always ask myself seven questions. And I created these questions to help keep me on track with my goals. I ask myself this, right? And you can, you can do it, uh, you know, let's take March. You know, so by the end of March, what will my blank page say? So it's the second day of March. And what will my blank page say? Well, what do I want to accomplish this month? And, you know, what I would say is you might want to write these questions down because this is a, a, a real easy tactical way of setting goals and then, you know, figuring out what those critical success factors are and completing a goal. So by the end of March, what would my blank page say? It's the question I ask myself. The second question I ask myself is, you know, by the end of the year. So by the end of 2013, what would my blank page say? What is it that I want to accomplish? If my life was a book, what do I want the chapter of 2013 to say? And then question three, and this is a big one. When 2000, will, will, I'm sorry, will 2013 be filled with your demonstrations of faith and perseverance as you pursue your resolutions and goals for this year? I'm going to say it again. Will 2013 be filled with your demonstrations of faith and perseverance as you pursue your resolutions and goals for 2013? And the reason I say faith is if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe that you can accomplish the goal that you're setting, then why even write it down? And so belief is a big part of that. And if you say, "Okay, I'm going to write this down because I believe that I can do it, then make sure that you are planting a seed of faith in that goal and perseverance. And perseverance means I'm not going to stop. Right. You know, uh, so for me, I need to stop hitting snooze. And I'm going to get to the gym or I'm, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep looking for the, that CrossFit trainer until I find one. And so I'm not going to stop. And almost everything that I've ever done that I've been successful with, it's, it's really around that perseverance piece. You keep pushing, 
wonderful things will happen. Question four. This is on the other side of it. Will your year be filled with all the excuses for why you haven't completed your personal goals or obtained your desires and aspirations? And this is a big one, because if there's anybody who can justify why I'm not going to do something or why you're not going to do something, it's me and it's you, right? You can justify all the reasons why you do something wrong. You can justify all the reasons for why it's right. You can also justify, well, you know, I set the goal, but I'm going to let myself out the back door on that one. I'm I'm really not going to do it. And so that's a big one. I'm going to repeat it one more time. Question four, will it be filled with all the excuses for why you haven't completed your personal goals or obtained your desires and aspirations? Because if there's anybody who will excuse ourselves, it's, it's, it's us, right? I mean, I'll excuse myself in a, in, in a heartbeat. I wrote, I wrote a blog, uh, I think it was last year sometime, and I, in the blog I called myself as the hardest person I ever had to lead. Now, how many of you feel like that, that you are the hardest person that you ever had to lead? And for me, I have, you know, I've been uh, leading people for the last 13 to 15 years. And, you know, I've had some tough I had some tough employees or, you know, tough direct reports. But none of them have been tougher than me. (laughs) I ask myself sometimes, like, man, why are you making it so hard on yourself, Linnell? Let's go to question five. For everything you plan to start, what will you stop? Now, I touched on this lightly last week. But for everything you plan to start, what will you stop? So when you started the year, you said, OK, I'm going to I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to you know, I'm going to reconnect with this member of my family or reconnect with the old friend. But that means something has to stop on the other end. You know, to reconnect and build a relationship takes time. So what is it that you're going to stop that will allow for that time, you know, is, you know, maybe uh, to get to the gym early in the morning. That means you have to stop going to bed late, which means that you probably have to turn off the TV and get in the bed or stop, you know, looking at the TV in the bedroom or whatever, whatever it is you do that makes it so hard to get up in the morning. You know, speaking of TV last week, I got a I got a few complaints about saying Olivia Pope doesn't put money in your pocket. You know, I heard stuff like, you know, that's that's the best show on TV, man. And somebody else told me, like, yeah, we supporting the sister, you know, Carrie Washington. Why are you messing with her? And I'm not you know, I'm not messing with Carrie Washington. I, I actually like Carrie Washington a lot. I, I wish I had a phone number sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, the fact of the matter is that she's not putting money in our pockets and all that fuss when you know you're watching other TV shows. So you want to go in about scandal, but the the fact of the matter is I know you guys are watching other TV shows. And so go ahead, watch scandal. But stop watching everything else. How about that? <laughs> you know, this this uh this afternoon I posted a picture on the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page that uh had a book falling off the shelf and it said in the uh in a little caption area, a book commits suicide every time you watch a reality television show. I thought that picture was hilarious. And there's some truth in it because it's, it's hard to read and watch TV at the same time. You know, you got to do one or the other. It reminds me of a quote that goes, you want to hide a secret? Then put it in a book. Put it in a book. 
it's crazy. You remember how grandma used to put all that money in an old book. Somebody could tear the whole house up looking for it and never find the money because the money was right in their face inside of a book. And I believe most of the secrets of this life are in books. You know, you got the, uh, the good book, which is still the number one seller in the world. And a lot of other books behind that that can teach us a lot of the principles that we need to live uh, successful, meaningful lives. And so my point is that television gets in the way a whole lot. It gets in the way of our dreams. And I haven't even finished up the the seven questions, but I'm going to take a reroute, if y'all okay with that, because I I really want to drive this thing home. You know, there's a story I read some years ago, and I'm actually pulling it up right here on the laptop right now. But it's a story I read some years ago, and it was called The Stranger. And the story had a profound impact on me. And I'm going to read this. It's a short story. I'm going to read it to you right now because I really think that it has some, uh, some credence on what we're saying when it comes to, you know, our ability to accomplish our goals. And so the story goes like this. It's uh, about a, a young boy and his father. All right. So a few years after I was born, my dad met a stranger who was new to our small town. From the beginning, dad was fascinated with this enchanting newcomer and soon invited him to live with our family. The stranger was quickly accepted and was around from then on. As I grew up, I never questioned his place in my family. In my young mind, he was a special niche. My parents were complimentary instructors. My mom taught me good from evil and dad taught me to obey. But the stranger, he was our storyteller. He would keep us spellbound for hours on end with adventures, mysteries, and comedies. If I wanted to know anything about politics, history, or science, he always knew the answers about the past, understood the present, and even seemed to be able to predict the future. He took my family to the first Major League Baseball game. He made me laugh, he made me cry, The stranger never stopped talking. But dad didn't seem to mind. Sometimes mom would get up quietly while the rest of us were shushing each other to listen to what he had to say. And she would go to the kitchen for some peace and quiet. I wonder now if she even prayed for the stranger to leave. Dad ruled our household with certain moral convictions, but the stranger never felt obligated to honor them. Profanity, for example, was not allowed in our home, not from us, our friends, or any other visitor. Our longtime visitor, however, got away with four-letter words that burned my ears and made my dad squirm and my mother blush. My dad didn't permit the liberal use of alcohol, but the stranger encouraged us to try it on a regular basis. He made cigarettes look cool, cigars look manly, and Pipes looked distinguished. He talked way too freely about sex. His comments were sometimes blatant, suggestive, and generally embarrassing. I now know that my early concepts about relationships were influenced strongly by this stranger. Time after time, he opposed the values of my parents, yet he was seldom rebuked and never asked to leave. More than 50 years have passed since the stranger moved, with, moved in with our family. He has blended right in and is not nearly as fascinating as, we, as he was at first. Still, if you walk into my parents' den today, 
you would still find him sitting over in his corner waiting for someone to listen to him talk and watch him draw his pictures. His name, we just call him TV. So the, the number one stranger that I've always felt like you have to avoid, especially after reading this particular short story, was television. You know, television is temporarily enjoyable, but in the long run, it's devastating. I mean, it's practically no real learning, you know, unless you're watching the, the Animal Planet or something like that. Uh, there's practically no getting out of debt by watching television. There's commercials. The commercials powerfully promote buying what you have no idea you wanted 60 seconds ago or, that, or what you don't have money for. You know, you look at obesity in our nation, and I, I believe that one of the reasons people are, are obese is because they're constantly being told to eat burgers, and so they do. There's no education on how to double your income. All that's in books. You know, that's where the secrets are. Or it doesn't teach you how to be the best CEO for your life. You know, we talked about that last week. There's practically nothing except the drug of pacifying yourself for a few hours with no benefit. You just slip into the sullen slumber of overly entertained mental inertia. So what would you find if you recorded the hours? And when I say record, you know, write down the number of hours that you uh, you watch TV. And and then, you know, so you write down the number of hours that you watch TV in a week and, and then move on and say, OK, and then what did I learn? So I recorded the number of hours, and then how many things did I learn as I was watching TV? I think you'd be a little shocked, you know, what you actually learn. And every now and then, you know, you're watching a sitcom, you'd be like, oh, okay, is that true? And you got to ask, is that true? And it might be a little fact, a fun fact, but, you know, uh, in that 30 minutes, I think you would have learned more in a book. And what if you made a rule as to the type of shows you'll watch, you know? And so I watch TV. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say, Okay, you know, TV is evil and I don't watch it. I do watch TV, but I'm very I'm very very particular about the kind of shows I watch. You know, I'm, you know, I know exactly what I want to watch, and after that's off, it's time to get up. And so, that's my bit on TV. I, you know, if you if you feel what I'm saying, then uh, you know, we can definitely have some more dialogue about that. You know the phone number 591-1690. Maybe you don't feel what I'm saying. You think that it's uh, <laughs> you know, I'm way out of place here telling you, you know, to, to take your TV and, and turn it off and start logging an amount of hours. But if you want the kind of shift in your life that I'm talking about around success, I mean, these are the type of things that you need to do. So, you know, will you let TV or texting? So some of you is not even TV, right? You sit on the couch and you can text for about two hours straight. So TV, texting, Facebook, you know, so Facebook, again, it's a great tool, but it, it, it can suck you right in like a black hole or Twitter is the same way. You know, so are you going to use these tools? You know, I got a blog coming and it's called, do you, do you let the tools use you or are you using the tools? And so whatever it may be, you can fill in the blank. But, you know, what's diverting you from your dreams? What's getting you in? What's getting in your way? And so I covered six of the questions and then I, I took a rant on TV. I'm not sorry. But question seven is. What will be your 2013 sacrifice? And I just kind of gave you, I gave you a real good hint. <laughs> but what will be, and write this down, what will be your 2013 sacrifice? 
And if you haven't answered these questions, I would say now is the time because this is going to help you really start to, you know, mold what what your, you know, what your goals look like and get after those goals with some fervency. If you wait, yeah, I tell you, time will win. After all, she is not our friend. You heard me say that earlier. Because if she was, it would not already be March. All right, I must have you guys razzled out there. No callers. I'm cool with that because I can keep going, I tell you. But I got people joining the conversation on Twitter and also on the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page, a few on the blog. So, okay, you're live. You're out there. I got listeners. So I'm good with that. But, hey, I hope I do have you thinking because we, you know, uh, this is this is this is big, man. You're talking about the goals are are basically the the differentiator between being mediocre and being something that's above average or better. And so um, I'm happy that you're you're out there thinking about it. Okay, so you know I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna make sure you have those seven questions that you can ask yourself. Uh, and so real quick, seven questions that you can ask yourself to make sure that you're hitting your goals, all right? So by the end, I'm taking this to the month, by the end of March, what will that blank page you started this year say? What will it say? The second question, what will that blank page you started this year, what will that blank page say at the end of this year? So at the end of 2013, what will that blank page say? What are your goals, all right? Question three, will 2012 be filled with your demonstrations of faith and perseverance as you pursue your resolutions and goals for this year. Question number four, will it be filled with all the excuses we use for why you haven't completed your personal goals or obtained your desires and aspirations? Question number five, for everything we plan to start, there is something we must plan to stop. So instead of asking what you will do in 2013, also be asking, what will you stop? Question number six. Will you let TV, texting, Facebook, whatever it may be, you fill in the blank, divert you from your dreams? And question number seven. What will your 2013 sacrifice be? You know, so you think about it, right? You can't everybody. If you if you ever watch, you know, success stories, everybody who is successful had to make a sacrifice somewhere. There is something that they were not able to do, something they did not do purposely because they were willing to make the sacrifice. And so let's think back, right? You know, so the, the best way, the, the way that I, I really get some steam or some dissatisfaction about my life and, 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 and begin to move the bar is, you know, I think about what I accomplished last year. So what did you accomplish last year? And what had you planned on accomplishing last year? It's March and so we have, I uh, think, about 304 days left in the year. And so it's not too late. It's not too late. I mean, we still have a, quite a bit of time. You know, did you get restrained in that seductive time capsule of procrastination only to wake up in December of last year with a list of unfulfilled goals and resolutions? You know, that happens a lot, you know. And how did your 2013 resolution work out for you so far? You know, I'd love to hear about it. You know, I was, uh, you know, when I'm driving, I listen to audiobooks a lot and uh, or CDs and and of different inspirational speakers. And one uh, one of these speakers, you know, he was talking about the difference between the successful individual and the average individual. And that's kind of how he 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 drew he drew he drew it out. 
And what he said was this. He was like, you know, the, the, the top successful people are the 2%. And it's funny because I think this was recorded back in the 70s and it's gotten more down to 1%. But, you know, the, the t- successful people are in the top 2%. And then the other 98% are, you know, just basically average. And he said the one thing that separates that 2% from the 98% is how they spend their time. And I know you guys, especially, you know, some of my followers on the blog, they get tired of me talking about time. Well, you always talk about time. Why don't you write about something else? But time is the great differentiator because we all get the same amount of time in a year. But how we use that time is critical to our overall success. And so what he went on to say is this. He's like, when you subtract your work week and the amount of time that you sleep, there are 72 hours left in a week. So how about that? 72 hours left in a week once you take away your work week. And, you know, some of you guys work a little more than 40 hours a week. I'm sorry. So, you know, if you work 50, then it's 62 for you. Or if you work, if you work 60, then it's, you know, then it's 52. But it's still a considerable amount of time, okay? You know, 50-50 almost for you. That you have left in a week that you can do something with. And so what are you doing with that 72 hours? Are you... You know, again, I'm hitting this TV thing hard tonight, but, you know, I'm I'm upset somebody. I hope I do. That's, you know, emotion is what gets people to change. But, you know, how much of that time is television and how much of that time is just idle social socializing? You know, last year um, I I had a New Year's post on inspirationalperspective.com that was entitled 2012 New Beginnings. And in that post, I wrote about the beauty of new beginnings and the the feeling of possibility we enjoy when we start something new. And you think about the word new for a moment. All right. You know, we like new. You know, new is fresh. New is untouched. New is modern. Like that new 2013 Audi. I got my eye on that thing. And uh, or new is just new. If you look in the dictionary, new is defined as not existing before, made introduced or discovered recently or now for the first time. So what about a new romantic relationship? We like those. She likes him. He likes her. (laughs) Ah, The possibilities. Hearts flying all over the place. Or a new home, right? You got to figure out what drapes you're going to choose and what color you want to paint the walls. Or do I need new appliances? Do I need new furniture? Or a new car, right? And it could be a new car with no mileage. But, you know, a lot of times I got friends who say, hey, it's new to me. Even if it got 100,000 miles, it's new to me and it goes. And so, you know, you, the question then is, where should I go? Should I drive across the country or maybe I can just make it to the south side or the west side now, you know, before I had to take the train. But either way, new is new. We like newness. And newness has a way of exponentially increasing our creativity. That's why we celebrate new. And so let's go back to 2013, to that 2013 conversation. You know, this is not the new year, right? But it's March. So what are the possibilities for you this year if you started looking at it as if it were new? Now, what could you achieve in the next 304 days? And, yep, there's, there's 304 days left. And if you're in India, I'm sorry, it's 303 days. But you get where I'm going. And Will this year be filled with your demonstrations of faith and perseverance? I mean, we talked about that. That's one of the questions. Are you going to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing? Is that goal that important to you? Or you're going to have excuses. 
And the excuses are, you know, things like, I'm just too busy. And it's, you know, it's fascinating to me when people tell me they're too busy because I, you know, I look up, I have virtual mentors and, you know, other people I look at and I'm like, man, how do they get done what they get done in a day? You know, Barack Obama, right? I mean, then the guy still has time to play basketball, still has time to jog. You know, I mean, he still has time to have dinner with his family. And so, you know, somebody else says, well, I'm just too busy for that. Really, excuses are just a matter of, you know, us justifying the things that we want to do. Or what if you say, okay, I'll do it later? Um, You know, procrastination. And procrastination is a big one, man. I tell you, you know, some years ago, back in 97, I wrote this poem called Procrastination. And uh, I'm going to share with you guys because I... I haven't I'm I'm not perfect and procrastination has been one of the things that has plagued me for years and I tell you, I've gotten a lot better at it because I just go straight at things now. You know what? I'm not going to wait. I'm going to do it right now. But the name of the poem is Procrastinator and it goes like this. Oh, how I love to procrastinate. It seems my pastime is to sit and wait. When I have things to do, I say not today. Then pull my hair out doing it almost too late funny it's not just for assignments but even on dates because for some odd reason i always arrive late amazingly procrastinators are the kind of people i tend to hate but i cannot remove myself from this unattractive state it seems this evil has become my invisible gate and that procrastination is my inevitable fate i've even used schedules as anti-procrastination bait trying to start off brand new and change with a clean slate. Then something always happens in which I want to participate and I watch my schedule slowly evaporate. I thought of seeking professional help, but I thought that would be innate because I'd miss most of my appointments from being late. And the ones I could make, I would probably want to break since this is a situation I can't easily vacate. I've learned to accept it as a lifetime mate. Hopefully one day, past this roadblock, I can elevate. But until this wondrous day shall generate, I will continue to always procrastinate. And so procrastination, one of those those big excuses. I'm going to hit on another one, and this one is called unbelief. Uh, Unbelief is, I, I would say, probably the biggest the biggest roadblock for most of us, you know, and that's one of the one of the reasons why some of you don't set goals. You say, you know what, I'm just going to stay complacent. I'm going to I'm just going to do whatever it is that I do, stay in this same old rat race and one day I'll die. And, uh, you know, that's just a tough one. You you have to believe in yourself. And or, you know, do you go lukewarm, lukewarm on your own ideas, goals and dreams? I know that's, you know, for me, I'm an idea guy. Sometimes I have these great ideas and there's ideas that I've had years ago. Man, I still wish I had done them. And I know some of you out there, you had an idea. Two years later, you saw the idea in execution. Somebody's a millionaire. So do you go lukewarm on your own ideas? These are the excuses that bring disease to our our dreams and creates the unbelief that prevents us from doing great things so how to ensure we you know this doesn't happen to us you know so you know give me a phone call 591-1690 looks like we have a phone call right now and this is this is michael michael you on the air what's going on mr harris oh michael michael my man all right out of san diego 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm uh, listening to you uh, via the iHeartRadio app, at least until my iPhone dies, so I have to call in from another phone. But I wanted to comment on a couple of the, the questions, or at least one of the questions that you spoke about, faith and perseverance, and then your comment about television. Okay. So with uh, faith and perseverance, I'm in total agreement that, um, you know, when you do that assessment and ask, you know, how much faith and perseverance that you apply to your goals, that that will definitely influence the outcome because faith, you know, being the uh, the element of things that are not seen and believed, you know, is very important to successful outcomes. And when speaking about perseverance, you know, I've identified perseverance as being either the place where, you know, great dreams and successful outcomes die or, you know, where those individuals who are successful are separated from those who are not, you know, based on the willingness to stay committed to their goals and keep perseverance. So I thought that was definitely a pretty profound and certainly a question that I should hopefully be answering positively uh, throughout this year. All right. Appreciate that. So what's your, what's your comment on TV, brother? Okay, my comment on television. Um, as you know, I'm working on a successful IC manuscript myself, and I identify within that manuscript certain um, sources of inspiration and certain assailants of inspiration, meaning those things that kill inspiration. And one of the elements that kill inspiration is addiction. That's a very powerful one that a lot of people, uh, you know, deal with. And it's funny that, you know, you spoke about that stranger um, promoting a lot of, you know, unsavory elements in our lives, namely alcohol, drugs, and sex. And any addiction, anything that takes you away from focusing on your purpose, that demands too much of your time and energy, can be considered an addiction, any, any output or any, you know, uh, thing that you entertain. So I actually, you know, speak on how television oftentimes does not really enrich the quality of your life. It's just a distraction. And if you look at the way most people spend their lives or spend their free time outside of the workplace, they spend it watching TV. And television, for the most part, you know, like you said, unless you're watching something of an educational nature, it doesn't really do anything to enrich your perspective on life. It doesn't really do anything to get you moving. You end up being sedimentary you know, just watching these mindless reality shows and, you know, big books commit suicide, as you said. I like that. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, brother, thanks for, thanks for sharing. Uh, Michael, Michael out of San Diego. I appreciate you, man. Hey, keep doing your thing, brother. Now we'll keep listening. All right. Most definitely. Have a good night. All right. You too. All right. All right. Man, great comments around. Uh, I really love that last piece on television. Uh, of it just, you know, kind of being that addiction that we use to, uh, or he said, what he said was, you know, that uh, one of the, the barriers or block blocks to success is addiction and television possibly being that addiction. So that's, that was profound insight from Michael out of San Diego. All right. So we were wrapping the show up. Uh, man, it seems like that hour went fast, I tell you. I got a few more things for you, but I want to reiterate you know, I want to share this simple formula for goals and resolutions, you know, for your success. You know, so three things that I want you to take away. All right. For everything you plan to start, there is something you must plan to stop. I mean, I can't say that enough. Now, that has been for me the critical the critical component of the, the, of the formula that has helped me really get some things done. All right. And then I'm going to add two more. Tell yourself two times a day how awesome you are. You know, I have this uh, 
I have this sign on my refrigerator. And, it, you know, basically what it says is, you know, I have insurmountable capabilities. You know, I'm awesome. And I'll read that thing and I, I, I basically just embrace it and absorb it, you know, because all of us have greatness deep inside of us. You know, some of it's some of us is already kind of glowing on the outside. Others of us of us, we have to, you know, we have to water it and help it grow. But the best way is to tell yourself you're awesome. If you think you're awesome, there's certain things that you're not going to let people say to you, do to you. And there's certain things you're not going to do yourself. All right. And number three, believe in yourself. You know, I mentioned the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. He has a whole a formula for self-confidence, a complete formula for self-confidence in there. And what he says is self-confidence is probably one of the biggest barriers to success. You know, you know, I, you hear from your, you know, from your, from a boss or from someone else is, you know, just ask. You know, all they can say is no. And a lot of times we don't. The reason we don't ask is because we're not just we're not confident enough to ask. So, you know, something else for us to take away. So, those are the three simple, uh, simple. Uh, components to the formula for goals and resolutions, uh, for success and goals and resolutions. All right, so keep it moving. Go ahead and wrap up. Uh, but do you believe you can do whatever it is that you want to do? And you, you should ask yourself that. I believe that all of us are walking miracles, but you have, you've got to believe it to perform those miracles. So live your dreams in 2013. You are awesome. Believe it. Start accomplishing your goals. Stop giving distraction your time and power. Believe. This is the key component to getting things done. You know, Bob Ross, he has a quote that goes, the secret to doing anything is believing you can do it. I want to leave you with this quote to close out the week. Study while others sleep. Work while others are loafing. Prepare while others are playing. Dream while others are wishing. And that's by William Ward. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective's Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.